Rolling Dice and Taking Names is sponsored by The Broken Token, creator of high-quality gaming accessories and storage solutions. Visit them online at thebrokentoken.com. I am so ready for this episode of Rolling Dice and Taking Names with a Game Boy Geek. I've got the new 3DS, Fire Emblem, Mario and Luigi Paper Jam, the Pokemon 20th Anniversary is coming up. That's the wrong geek. Oh, it's Dan King, the Game Boy Geek. That's even better. What are we waiting on? Hello and welcome back to Rolling Dice and Taking Names. I'm Tony. And this is Marty. And this is episode number 86, Go the Distance. Now, Marty, why in the world do you think I came up with that name? And do you even know what it's from? Okay. Number one, no. Number two, no. All right. Well, we are off to a shining start here at Rolling Dice and Taking Names. And well, the, no, Go the Distance is from the Disney film uh, Hercules. Okay. We, you know how I do the theme music or the theme song titles for some of our special guests that may be on the air. Correct. So in our previous episode, one of the gentlemen who has been on our show before, I did a Disney song. So every time he's on the show from now on, he's got <laughs> Disney songs. So Dan King gets Disney songs and Chaz Marler gets Beatles songs. That's absolutely right. And I got a feeling other people would be start getting branded as well, but <clears throat> that's okay. <laughs> okay. Hey, if anything, you'll keep me from naming the same song, you know? And I must say, I'm very impressed because in our uh, podcast notes spreadsheet. I noticed that you added a sheet with episode title. So to make sure we don't screw that up again. That's absolutely right. I mean, I would hate to be called out by some gentleman up in the frozen North um, and not Rodney for using the same title. I mean, oh my gosh, a guy makes a mistake. Give me a break. What can I say? And nice thing is when Dan King comes on, there are tons of Disney songs to choose from. I agree. And you know what? I was actually listening to a bunch of all the top villain songs, but I chose to go lighter this time. <laughs> wow. What are you trying to say about Dan? Nothing. I'm just saying there's, there's, there's just a whole bunch of stuff, but I do want to bring to the attention of our audience. There has been a tragedy at the Connell household. There has? Yes. Before we started recording, Vanessa stopped by the studio and she was, um, you know, making sure the basket of goodies for our guests was well taken care of, as well as making sure all the sweet tea was ready in the green room. And I looked at her and I said, hey, what's going on? She goes, I, I, I got a sad story to tell you. And I go, really? What's that? She And, you know, your new puppy, Taz, got a hold of your selfie stick. Yes, he did. Is that all you're going to share? Did he... So there's been a tragedy. Your selfie stick. Except that, Tony, when I buy a selfie stick, <laughs> I buy a good darn selfie stick. This dog can tear up anything except this selfie stick. So I am pleased to report to anybody that's worried about it. The selfie stick is still intact and fully 100% functional. Well, that's good to know. And I know everybody out there listening will appreciate the fact that the selfie stick will be back in your hands ready to go. Anything other news or announcements that you'd like to share with everybody that just maybe, I don't know, hit the airways? <laughs> okay, are you leading the witness much there? No, not at all. 
<laughs> okay, well, gee, there happens to be this one really cool piece of news that just came out today. It was just announced that at this past toy fair, which happened in New York over this, this past weekend, a lot of game companies go out there and start promoting their games and everything. And our buddy, Pete Shirey, who lives down in South Carolina, uh, that we're good friends with, and we'll go down there and have game days with and everything. He works at Cool Me or Not. He and good friend Richard Launius have come together to produce a game that's going to be uh, released by Upper Deck in August of this year at Gen Con, and it's called Shark Island. Now, if anybody knows Pete, Pete is really into Jaws and sharks, Mm -hmm. so this totally makes sense, but I don't know a lot about it, but it was actually released on ICV2.com, which is a site that Tony and I use a lot. Uh, for gaming and geek news and they highlight it in there and said it's going to be a one versus many game where one shark terrorizes an island so congratulations to him and that's really great that he gets to work with richard and i can't see can't wait to see what this game's about i wonder if there's going to be any dice involved I don't know. I know. We don't know. It's too early to tell. I told you exactly what I know. You know what? And if it's one of those things probably before we recorded this, I probably could have reached out to Pete and say, hey, why don't you tell me a little bit about this game? But like right before we hit record, I happened to see that. And I told Tony, I said, we need to bring that up because uh, Pete is a, a, a big supporter of our show and is, is always talking to us and everything. And we love the guy. Just a genuine, nice guy. And you and you see him at cons all over the place. He's one of those that uh, a lot of people know because he's hanging out. He used to hang out at... Uh, the asthma day booth, but he got a job at cool me. You're not. So now he's going to be with them at all their conventions. Now, one thing I need to say, Marty, uh, from the last show, I may need to retract something. Okay. I stated, um, a concern uh, that I had for the new release of pandemic Cthulhu. Reign of Cthulhu. Yes. Reign of Cthulhu and how, Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to hold off. This is moving up my buy list as they release more and more and more pictures. The reason why is Eldritch Horror is a slightly long game. Correct. Slightly is an understatement, but yes. Yes, it is. It's your it's your white tablecloth game. If, Correct. And if you people don't know what I'm referencing, go back and listen to our previous episode. And anyway, to me, this looks like that one where I'm Donna will not play Eldritch Horror because of how long it takes. So so this might get there. This might come to the table. So it's I hate to admit it. it it's I love the pictures. I like what's coming. So who knows? Why would you hate to admit that? I mean, you're a pandemic fan. What, what's the big deal? Because everybody, oh, is it a retheming? You know, the, the uh, you, know, you know. Did you happen to see the trailer for it today that Z-Man released? No, no, I haven't seen that yet. I didn't make it out there. It doesn't say a lot about the game, but it's just a really cool trailer. And it, it's, it's really neat. I don't want to spoil too much, but it's one of those things. It's like... Uh, you know, this is a different pandemic. This isn't something science can fix. It's it's, it's kind of like gives like little nods to you think you know what pandemic is, but this is going to be different sort of deal. And I also like the fact that instead of little strange looking non meeples, the little palms that are in every 1970s game, they're actually going to have minis of the investigators and all that good stuff. And it looks like it's going to take place in and around Arkham. I was wondering if it was going to be like a worldwide map like Pandemic and like Eldritch Harias, but it's actually going to take place in the area of like Arkham, Massachusetts and around that area. Hey, the news is flying as always as people keep releasing more stuff. 
stuff. We know that Stronghold's going to be talking a lot more. And there's going to just, oh, games are going to be announced constantly. So it's going to be one constant news three. Stronghold's already started announcing all these games. They've partnered with a company over in uh, the over in Europe that's going to bring some of their games over here in English, like the retheming of a, of a failed game that's going to be rethemed as a Vikings game coming out years this year. So yeah, uh, just tons of news are just going to be, you can't keep up with it. So how is uh, your solving or curing the world going in Legacy, Pandemic Legacy? Right now, we are, have finished April. We played it once, beat it, and we're getting ready to head to May. And hopefully when my son comes home for uh, spring break, we'll be able to pick it up from there. And where are you? Uh, we just finished up August. Man, it was a tough one. We had a what you call the triple outbreak scenario. And I hope we played this right. You know, in regular pandemic, the rule is if a city outbreaks and causes an outbreak and that outbreak causes a city to outbreak and that city cannot go back to the original city and cause an outbreak. Yes. I'm hoping we played all that correctly because we had in the Delhi, Mombasa, that area, all the hell, right. all those cities are... We had a chain reaction going and, but we pulled out a win. We pulled out a win. It was amazing. Well, I think it's one of those things where if you actually allow that to happen, you end up in an infinite loop. Oh yeah. So I, I think that's why the rule is there is because it, how it breaks on to happen in one city once. Yeah. So anyway, but I guess what we can do next is we can talk about a game that you and I both played recently. I mean, a novel idea here, Marty, let's review a game. Okay, hey, I'm game for it. Let's do it. Which one do you want to talk about? Let's talk about one I forced you to play while we were at our game club the other night called Six Nymph. And I hope I said that right. That's a real popular game. I'm glad I finally got a chance to try that out. Yeah. I mean, Six Nymph means take six, so they say, I believe, or anything along that line. But it was released, you know, by recently by Mayfair Games, re-released. And um, one of the things about this game is you're trying to score the least amount of bulls. Now, in the setup, Marty, or when I start to play with you, I dealt you 10 cards. Yep. And what's on these cards? They're, they're bulls. And there's numbers, numbered 1 through 104. I always forget that. 1 through 104. Got it. So there's 104 cards. So uh, you deal out 10 cards to everybody, and they take a look at their cards. And in the middle of the table, there are four cards right there in the middle, and they're you know put out randomly. Now, here's a rule, Marty. When you're getting ready to you play your cards one at a time, but you've got to keep in mind that everybody plays a card face down. And when you do that, the first rule that you have to follow is that the, they are played in ascending numerical order. Oh, so everybody flips over the card at one time. Right. And does the person the person with the lowest number goes first, the highest number? person with the lowest number goes first. Now, here's the next rule. You have, the person with the lowest number has to place his card in a row where it's the lowest difference. So it has to be in ascending order, but the lowest difference. So here, hey, you got to do some math. Uh-oh. Okay. So basically, if there's like uh, two numbers, I go to the one that's the closest, the least differential between the two. So if it was like, if I had a 20 and there was a 15 and 16 on the table, I put it beside the 16. That, that's right. So you you know that you got to put it there. Now, this can get mucked up during play because when everybody flips over, you know, where you thought you may have been placing yours, it, it may not be there. Now that gets into rule number three. Rule number three is that if there's ever, whenever you place a card, if you place the sixth card in that row, then you get all five previous cards and those cards go into your bullpen. 
Oh, and that's the cards that at the end of the round, after you get rid of your entire hand, after everybody plays 10 cards, you add up all the bullheads and all the cards you collected. That's right. And whoever gets to 66 first is the biggest loser, but the person with the lowest amount of bulls in their deck is the winner. What happens if uh, if there's no place I can go? Well, for instance, you play a card and there's nowhere you can go and, or your card is lower than all the four rows, then guess what? You pick which row you want to take and put in your bull hand, and it starts a new row. Oh, so I just get to pick whichever one I want. Obviously, I'll take the one with the lowest number of bulls showing at the time. That's right, and it's fairly simple to play. So there's four rules. It has to be in ascending order. You have to place the card closest differential to your card that you're getting ready to play. If you create the sixth card in a row, you take the first five and your card starts the next row. And if you play a card that it cannot be played, then you pick the row to take up and your card starts it. Four rules, easy to do, and even I cannot screw up teaching this game. Actually, I really enjoyed the game. It was a fun little light game. What's the, what's the number of players that it uh, plays? Good gosh, Marty, I have no idea. Play until you can not deal out 10. So there's 104 cards and you need four cards. So I can say 10 people could play. I mean, is there not a range of Yeah, it's two through 10. It's two through 10. Thank you. That's that's what I was wanting to know. Okay, yeah. The only thing I couldn't figure out, though, is, is when I'm sitting there looking at all these cards, what's the strategy? Should you keep a all high cards, all low cards? Medium cards? Well, it, it all depends. You got to keep that in mind. If you're playing with less than 10, because then you'd have imperfect knowledge of your deck, then you're going to have to know that if I start off playing certain cards, how am I going to play later in the round? How am I going to be able to shed off other cards without taking bulls? Because if you wait till later and you end up having to take a row, you might get a lot more bullheads. Now, one thing I need to mention to you, Marty, I don't know if you see it in your hand now, that all doubles have more bulls, with number 55 having the most bulls on it or bullheads on it. So where if you have, if you get the 11, the 22, the 33, 44, 55, you get the gist, then you're going to get the bull, the most bulls. So you've got to think of a way to be able to play your cards so that you may have some high ones and some low ones such that you'll be able to play in the later rounds because it gets tougher as you go along. Right. Because towards the end, you really have no choice on what cards you can play. Yeah, it's a game I really dug. Um, it's uh, like you said, it's one of those quick filler games. It's almost like in the line of like a red seven, right? Where you can just pull it out, quickly teach people. And uh, it's kind of something you can get to the table while you're waiting to play a, a, a bigger game. Exactly. And it's it's real cheap right now. Oh, it's a real cheap right now. It's, it's a fairly cheap card game, easy to find. I enjoy it because mostly I, I think there's more strategy to it than a lot of people give it. I, I, but I love card games. I, I love a, a Linko, a Bluxen, Six Nimit, Diamonds. You know, you can, I can just go on and on and on. And I love playing card games. And, and this one was a, a neat one for the rotation. So it's one of those where you feel like you must own it? For me, it is a game that I must own. It's a game that I would buy. I would always have it with me if I'm going to a game club just to, because it's quick. It's fairly quick. For me, it's one of those things that it, there are a lot of games that kind of fill this niche. And I already have a lot of those already. But as it comes to those types of games, I really think it's a great game. Uh, it's one of those that I don't necessarily know that I need to have in my collection because I have other games that can fill it. But if somebody wants to pull it out and play it, uh, I would definitely sit down and do it anytime. All right. Well, so that for that, that's six nip. Give it a look. Look, if you enjoy card games, I think it's one of those that if you have things like Linko, Diamonds and all, you should really consider putting in your collection. 
Tony, you know one of my favorite games from last year was Blood Rage. But the issue with that game is, if you did the Kickstarter, you got tons of miniatures, tons of exclusives, tons of expansions. But guess what, Tony? Broken Token has come out with a special official insert for Blood Rage that holds all the expansions and all the Kickstarter goodies that came with it. And the design is brilliant. It's set up in such a way so that the miniatures don't rub against each other in case you have to paint them or everything. And it is the only official insert of Blood Rage. So go check it out, guys. It's at thebrokentoken.com, the official insert for Blood Rage. Well, first off, Marty, I want to thank everybody who participated in our annual survey. And thank you all for all the wonderful comments you gave us. Every comment was read by Marty and I, and either positive or negative, we appreciate you taking the time just to write that out. Yeah, and the purpose, the reason why we do the survey is because we just want to get a little bit of feedback from everybody that's listening to how we're doing, what do you like, what do you dislike, and it really does matter to us because we want to tailor the show to what the, you know the way people want to hear it and what, and what they like best, and it kind of gives us a good barometer on what we should focus on as we look at the coming year. We don't want to belabor the point too much on here, but so we're just going to quickly step through the, the majority of the answers on the questions that were asked. And keep in mind, we try to keep these, we keep the same questions running year after year just to make sure we have a good benchmark. So once again, Marty, is our show too long, too short? We're about right. 82% of the people said we're about right. So, hey, let's keep that up about less than an hour and a half. That sounds good to me. It keeps me able to go to bed sooner. Yeah, and exactly. And the other two, the too too long, too short, was split almost right down the middle. So, you know, we had them the question, do we try to keep it under an hour 30? So that's what we're going to continue doing. The next question was, did you participate in a contest that we hosted this year? 57% said yes, 31 said no, 10 said were there a contest. Now, Tony, this confuses me. Why would almost a third of the people not participate in a contest? I don't know. It, maybe they we don't do a good job of announcing it. I'm going to put it back on on us and say, how can we get it out better? Or is it the fact that we're asking for an email address in order to contact them? Maybe there's a better way. Maybe we give them an option of either an email address or their board game geek um, username, some way that we can contact them so they don't feel like their privacy is getting hit. And I, I, that may be it. I don't know. That That's a good follow up for us. All right. Number three, um, who should we have on our show more as guests? And over 50%, almost 60% of the people said designers. And then we go with the guest media. And then, you know, 13% said reduce your number of guests. And we, mm. we need to take that in consideration. And I want publishers, I'm not even going to go to that percentage. <laughs> oh my gosh. It was a really small percentage for publishers, which is kind of funny. So it's, it tells me people don't want to have a lot of publishers coming on because I guess they think it's going to be just a long commercial. <laughs> Stephen Potacourt. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that little percentage right there, we'll, we'll leave it for him. How's that? There you go. <laughs> That'll work. Uh, the next question was, how did you find out that we released a new show? And uh, 
28, no, 32 percent uh, do it through uh, through RSS descriptions, where you can basically use uh, an app to to grab the uh, the posts as they're posted on the uh, blog. Uh, the next highest was at 29 uh, percent, which was iTunes, which I kind of figured, and 28 percent was at Twitter, which was I was kind of surprised at. A lot of people looked at Twitter to see when that announcement was made, and then it goes down from there to Board Game Geek, uh, Facebook. Uh, visiting the website and nobody even cares about Google plus even, I don't think I put the answer on there next year. I'm going to add Instagram so it can at least beat Google plus. So does anybody <laughs> use Google plus? You know what? Here's the funny thing. I post that when we release uh, an episode out on a community called the board game board gamers or something like that, there's 15,000 people in that community. So that is a very active community out there on Google+, Plus. but hey, I guess people don't use it to reference when new shows come out. Next is, do you subscribe to our YouTube channel? Now, Marty, I don't know how to take this. This was a 50-50 split, and maybe I'm saying 50% of the people don't want to see us in video, or 50% have, I don't know, 50-50. So you have or you haven't. We appreciate those of you that watch. And we are going to try to do some more with uh, videos uh, this year. We got some things in the work that actually Tony and I have been working over this past weekend about a new format of a review we want to give a shot and, and try. We'll see how it goes. It's, it's kind of fun to play around with the videos. It's never going to be our main focus, just way too much work. But it's sometimes just fun to throw a video up there every so often. So we'll see if maybe we can uh, generate some interesting content to where we can get more than 50% subscribed. There you go. What is the most important aspect of a review of a board game? We had three answers. What is like, dislike about the game? That was overwhelmingly 85, uh, 86% actually said this is what we want to know about. 25% want to know how it's played. And 9% care about quality of the components. So this was a good question for us, Tony, because this tells us when we're doing a review, what do we really need to focus on and what do we not, people don't really care about? That leads to the next question. Should we do a written review along with our audio? Thank you, people. Thank you. 72% of you said you don't need a written review. Oh, you cut down my work. Oh, thank you. (laughs) Maybe once in a while I'll throw up a written review to get better at um, the written word, which may lead to a better spoken word, which will better help the podcast. But overall, so thank you. No, we don't need a written review. What segments do you enjoy in the show? And we had several segments here. And this is one of those where you could select multiple answers. Uh, By far the most popular, which I was pleased at, 73 three percent like the flying squirrel segment and tony that's one that we came up with last year we enjoyed it we weren't sure how people were going to take it but that does seem to be the favorite uh, the next is rank them and uh hopefully again every time we have a new guest on uh, unless they really flub it like with dan which we'll look to address in our next segment uh we'll do ranking with them again the next highest was this is interesting marty's musings which isn't even a segment in the show those are my videos on the youtube channel and with only 50 percent subscribing anyway and like right there tied was interesting chit chat and vanessa's intros were about (laughs) neck and neck with each other so that was kind of funny Oh, but yet you're kind to me. Tony's rants were the least liked. All right, you people, let me explain something to you. Tony's rants provide a beautiful benefit to this show. You need to decide 
wait, I'm doing it again. Okay, fine. They just skipped right through it because they didn't want to hear it. Okay, very good then. So the, the big question is, are you a member of our guild? And most people are a member of our BGG guild, which is awesome. Um, about 50, 76%. 76%. 50% are members of our Facebook. I'm with you people. If I didn't have to be a member myself, I probably wouldn't be. I don't get on Facebook very often. Of course, some of you follow us on um, Instagram, but a lot of people follow Marty on Twitter with 68%. So however you touch base with us, thank you so much. We really do appreciate it. If we started a support page, which we have done with our uh, pod pledge page, what sponsor goals would you like to see? This is one of those where you could select multiple things. The highest one at 42%, Tony, was a bonus episode, which was surprising to us because it's like people actually want to hear more. But I think what it's done for us, Tony, is as we go through our pod pledge and we start reaching goals, we kind of have some ideas for some stretch goals, which might include uh, bonus episodes. Right after that, tied exactly, was a t-shirt and video reviews, which which I mentioned earlier, we're thinking about maybe doing some sort of video review. And Tony, we got a pretty sweet t-shirt that we're going to be giving out that uh, Brandon Analog uh, Design uh, Gamers uh, came up for us, the Squirrel t-shirt. Yep. And then you also missed that uh, dice also tied there. So the three way, a three year. Oh, I did. I missed it. So, and that is actually part of our pod pledge. So as far as, as far as rewards, we do have t-shirts, we have dice. And uh, even though it's not part of the rewards, we are looking at more video reviews down from there was, uh, let's see about tied with each other was like dice tower, which is part of our thing. A drink. What is this one? Uh, Drinkware. Uh, and the very last, nobody wants a patch. It's like, forget the embroidered patch. Don't care about it. Yeah. But what I found interesting was, and we need to work on this is a squirrel turn marker. And what and Marty's like, what is that? Is that like first player token? I'm like, no, man, as the turn moves, you, you move the, the squirrel passes from player to player. So you always know whose turn it is. And this is for those games that create AP, man. It's a way to track it and help you on that. So we got to get to work on that. And that was like 35%. So that was pretty high too. So that gives us something else to potentially work on too that people might be interested in that we could work with with the broken token. And that was all the questions. And the very last thing was just comments. And thank you so much for all those people that uh, provided comments. And Tony, probably... Really, there was only one negative comment. Most everything else was positive. And the one negative wasn't really negative. It was just there was a concern of being sponsored by a board game publisher because we're sponsored by Portal. And over the past several weeks, there have been some concerns people worried about. If your show is sponsored by a board game publisher, how can you have an unbiased opinion? Which sparked off a whole Secret Cabal episode, one of their Express episodes, where I went on with Jamie and Rodney to talk about this. So if you want to go hear me talk about it in detail, you can go listen to that episode. But all in all, it was very positive and made us feel really good with some of the things y'all shared with us. See, I thought you were going to leave it open for me to just say, gee, thanks, Mom, for the negative comment. So anyway. <laughs> well, well, well that, that that's true. But yeah, uh, again, all in all, we, we just thanks for all the wonderful things that people said. And it and it really uh, it really did make us feel good. So, but guess what, Tony? Out of this was a contest. Yeah, that you remembered so well. Um, so that's right. If you gave us your email address, we had a random drawing of all those people who did. And we would like to thank everyone who entered the contest. And this is for a $25 broken token gift card. And we'll just leave it at this. Jim DVT 
has won that contest and will be contacting you, Jim, uh, here shortly. And congratulations on winning the contest. We do appreciate everyone who participated in the survey and look for it again next year about the same time. And once again, if you have any comments or would like to reach out, please, by all means, Facebook, um, send us an email, names at gmail.com or however. We're always looking for and appreciate any feedback you can give us. Yeah, and you could even do it on our guild or even just leave us a review over on our iTunes channel, which we'd appreciate too. That's it for the um, survey. So I think I, yep, Dan's here. I can smell the hair gel. Once again, we would like to welcome back to the show our good friend, the Game Boy Geek himself, Dan King. Dan, welcome back. I love being here. Thanks for having me back. It's been, what, nine months maybe? No, no, no. You were just on the Squirrelies. You were just here. That's true. That's true. I, I, I forgot because, you know, uh, I had to pay my own way and I had to roll up my own red carpet. It, <sighs> mm-hmm. Like apparently I didn't, I didn't, I'm like not part of your super packs. Like Rodney Smith is uh, he, he got better super treatment. Packs. But, but Dan, <laughs> well, it's, a, it's a brown carpet, but anyway, yeah, I know you brought in your own red carpet. Some prima donnas around here brought their own carpets. Dan, I, I don't know if you don't know this, but the name of this episode is go the distance. Do you have any idea why? I have a feeling this oh has my gosh. This, yes because I, ha- I didn't I didn't know why oh well I, I think it has to do with um actually showing up at a Super Bowl and going all four quarters okay wow uh Ooh. Dan thanks for being on the show <laughs> oh to preface that you guys destroyed our team so that's that's just that's just bitterness talking so you got you guys killed the Arizona Cardinals so that, there you go yeah well, we did and you're right we just decided not to play the next game now Tony tell them why it's called Go the Distance because you came up with this. But Dan, everybody has, you know, as we have recurring guests, I like to put the themes in there. And yours is Disney songs. So Go the Distance is from Hercules. I mean, think about it. You're a buff. You're a workout kind of guy. Hercules. And so, hey, Go the Distance. Dan King, he's got all the Disney songs now. I hope Disney songs are not part of the... Uh the questions at the end. You think last time was a bomb? This thing is going to flatline everybody that I have no idea. What are your Hercules? I can only think of the nutty uh, yes. from the clubs. Hercules, 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 Hercules. Oh yeah. Love it. In my baby Hercules. So speaking of which, Dan, the last time that you were on, uh, we were talking about games that we were excited about that were coming out at Gen Con. And we each had, what, three or four games that we were uh, touting that we were looking forward to. So out of those games, we wanted to kind of go refresh some of those games we talked about and talk about games that like, yes, that's exactly what I wanted. And maybe maybe there's one of those games like, ooh, that wasn't as good as what I thought it would be. So which one do you want to start with? I'll jump in here because I know for me, the, the game that I had had so much high hopes that recently showed up on the Target clearance shelves, if it, your, target, <laughs> oh. <laughs> your target had it, was the Star Trek five-year mission. I didn't even get a chance to play it, and I'm sitting there and somebody was saying, hey, if you got a Target near you, check out Star Trek five-year mission. It's on the clearance shelves. I'm like, man, I am. I want a good Star Trek game. And I know they've got some future ones coming out for 2016 that, Dan, when you come back, we can talk about. But for me, I haven't played it. I still have hopes. But everybody keeps telling me, don't even waste your time. So I'm like, should I even give it an effort? No. I reviewed it right after Gen Con. It's, it's awful. 
It's, <laughs> well, there it's, you go. <laughs> it's do not waste your time. It's basically roll for it with special abilities, but it's way boring because especially it says it's play up to seven players. Save your time, play a 30 minute game or roll it and you'll have, you'll have more fun. See, there you go. Uh, from, from the master himself, Mr. Game Boy Geek video reviews there. Don't waste your time. So uh, I'm glad I didn't, but yes, that was my big disappointment. What about you, Marty? You know, if all of Dan's videos were that short, I'd watch them all. Hey, speaking of that, you can listen. Here we go. I'm going to plug this. this see, I, I, I've, I don't know if you guys noticed, but I've, I've just graduated from the, the University of Bonacore Stronghold Games uh, Shameless Plug University. And uh, he's he's been teaching me a lot lately. And so I'm just going to set this plug. So you want it shorter. So I don't know if you know this, but I got a podcast now that uh, is literally the intro and the final thoughts of all my reviews on on iTunes. It's like three to five minutes long. There you go. That's for you, buddy. Okay, so now he's stepping into our realm, Tony. He couldn't leave us alone. He had the video all nice and wrapped up and everything. Now he's coming over to our side. Well, and that's okay. It only took time. But think about it. All you got to really do is we're going over to his realm starting next month when we start doing our video reviews. Yeah, but they're not as good. I love your videos. That you have, The vlogs that you do are awesome. They're high quality. They look great. Well, that's only one of well, us. Well, that's, that's, I was going to say it's not Tony's. <laughs> anyway, so... <laughs> So actually, I was looking back over the games that I was excited about, and there was um, it was the versus two player card game, uh, the Wrath of Dragons, and uh, let's see, Undercity. And guess what? I've played all those, and actually, I enjoy all those. the The games that that kind of bummed me out were actually the ones that Dan was looking forward to because I got a chance to play Nevermore, and I got a chance to play what was the other one? Oh, it's New Salem. Looking through the New Salem, Dan, 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 Dan. And you're still a fan of these games, aren't you? I think we're going to get there, aren't we? Is it my turn? Is this, is that, are you passing me the baton? I'm going for the distance here? Here we go. Go for it. Okay. Uh, Before I go for the one that disappointed me, uh, I made a prediction in your episode that I think actually came true and nothing I ever say ever comes true. So I had I had made a prediction that Mysterium was going to be the hottest hotness there and that you wouldn't be able to get your hands on it and there'd be lines out the door. And I think that pretty much happened, huh? That was 100% true. Yeah. To get my copy, I had to go and sweet talk somebody to hold me one. And it's like, look, you have like a small window to come and get this. And yes, that was one flying off the shelves. You were absolutely 100% right. And in fact, they had a really nice demo section set up in their booth. With like It was like a seance where you could go in and play it. They just they really pimped that game out really well. Cool. Yeah, the one that disappointed me, unfortunately, was uh, Warehouse 51, an auction game. Uh, the reason why I was interested in it, because it was a Bruto Fiduti design, which I really love his stuff. And one of the designers from uh, Sheriff's of Nottingham was in that one. I thought, wow, he was really hot at the time. And Bruno's just Bruno. He's hot all the time, most of the time. So I really lo- I wanted to play it. I played it. And for me, again, it's not a, for me, it wasn't a bad game. I didn't dislike the game. It's just my hopes were so high because of the pedigree that I felt like I was let down by it. Well, what about, you, you said that Mysterium was out the door, but Codenames was also there. Wasn't, were the lines there for Codenames? The, the, the game that everybody says, oh, everybody's got to play this in 2015. There was a line there, but the thing is, though, they had a pre-order for those. And a lot of people pre-ordered those and came in there and picked them up. There wasn't a lot left over after the pre-orders. Okay, from that standpoint. I, di- I didn't realize that. And one game that was real hot there that is dying off quickly, I still haven't had the opportunity to sit down and play it, was Dice City. I mean, it's slowly, you know, where, what happened to it? No, people are still talking about it. I mean, I, I still hear people talking about it a little bit here and there. Okay, I got to get... Marty, would you go pick that one up so we can play it? 
Why don't you go pick it up if you're interested in it? Oh, okay. I'll go take care of it. But so, I heard it was a better version of Machi Koro. Is that right, Dan? I, don't, I have not played this one, but that's what I've heard too. I know Suzanne likes it quite a bit. BGG Con, I picked up, because uh, uh, I was at the AEG booth, and I picked up Automobiles. And it was either I picked up Automobiles or Dice City because my review queue was, was too large at the point. I just I could only pick one, and so I, I kind of missed the boat on that one. So unfortunately, I haven't played it. Speaking of which, you're doing all these reviews. You're talking about this queue that you've got up. So we know that you uh, used to be with the Dice Tower and you were there for a couple of years and you decided to go off on your own and basically, you know, told Tom, hey, I'd like to go on my own. He said, great. He pushed you right out of the nest <laughs> and expects you to fly on your own, which you have done uh, really well. And we're going to be talking about it later, but you know, we have, you have your Kickstarter going on and you've kind of set up yourself. I think you're now uh, an official business that's uh, registered in your state, and you're and you're making a good go of this, and you got your channel going and everything. Um, so since you have re- uh, removed yourself from the uh, the dice tower, I assume you're still getting a plethora of games to choose from and, and review each and every week. Yeah, I mean, I guess it hasn't stopped. I mean, that that part of it hasn't really changed much. I mean, I'm not one of those reviewers that wants to review everything. I can't do everything. I'm, I, you know, t- Tom's. Tom's himself and, and and two other full-time employees about to be more, right? And so they that's what they do. They get games shipped from everywhere and they have the bandwidth to be able to do it. But for me, I, I specifically do a lot of research online. I do a lot of searching on Board Game Geek. I know which types of things I'm interested in and I'm always searching for things that, that are that are interesting to me. And then I reach I specifically reach out. Uh, I get a lot of people putting stuff on my website of, hey, will you review this, will you review this? And right now my queue is too large that I'm just not accepting unsolicited reviews. I just can't because I have too many things here that I need to review that I'm really interested in that are either hot or, or, or in my opinion, are going to be something I'm, I think I'm really going to like. And I can't even get through the ones I've got now. So I can't continue to keep adding ones that I'm not really like, you know, bashing the door down for. Are you beginning to get board game overload? Are you beginning to get to that point? I got, I felt that overwhelmness uh, right around BGGCon, right when the, all the Essence stuff came out. My my review queue was over over 50 at the time. And, and Tom was complaining when he came, <laughs> him and I were talking on the phone. He's like, man, we, we got, we've got 300 games here. And I said, I said, okay. And I go, you're overwhelmed? He's like, oh, we're so overwhelmed. And I said, okay, well, you, you are three full-time people. I'm one part-time person. I have 50 games, so I'm feeling the exact same thing that you are. We're equal. <laughs> yep. So I was, yeah, I was very overwhelmed. Uh, right now, I got it down to about 35. Uh, but, you know, as, as I do anywhere between three and six reviews a week, you know, usually two or three show up. So it's, I'm, I'm, I'm starting to finally cut into it, but, uh, I'd like to be able to kind of like have a clean slate so I could do some, some of those more things you know, like the different things, like the, like the playthroughs and maybe do some older stuff, maybe, maybe do some, some comparatives to kind of do some other things. Uh, but yeah, it's, it is what it is right now. Well, so how do you decide with all the games, which ones that you're going to do? You said you, you can't do everything. You do the ones that you're interested in. I mean, is there a selection process that you go through? Being an engineer, you'd think I would have this spreadsheet of everything and all the scheduled dates and stuff. But this is one of those things where it's a little bit more organic than that for me. I think uh, it depends. It really depends on uh, the, the that week. I mean, even my scheduling of when I do things is all up in the air and all crazy every week, because again, you think I'd be super regimented, do the same thing every week, every time. And, and my personal taste is I like that. Uh, but my wife is a flight attendant and she's not a gamer. So she's gone for three days in a row, you know, consecutively every week, three to four days. And I basically, and that changes every week. 
And so I basically move and rove around which nights. So when she's gone for three nights, I'm either shooting and editing and producing two nights and playing one night or vice versa, playing two nights and shooting and editing, just depending on, on the cue and stuff. But how I just, so, so it really depends on what group I'm going to have over, uh, what player counts am I going to be doing that night? Uh, it, did something really super hot come in that we got to get to the table right away? You know, it's, it just kind of, it just depends. I have no real theory. Well, hats off to the wife for being a flight attendant. That is one of those jobs I have no desire. None. <laughs> she have you? She's a stereotypical uh, Southwest uh, Airlines flight attendant. She's she's one of those people where she walks in the room and she kind of takes it over and makes people laugh and makes people feel good. She, so she's good at that. Southwest, uh, we don't know that carrier in Charlotte, North Carolina. It may have one flight. Uh, I mean, that's all there is to it. So that's that's pretty wild. So what game has stood out since BGG Con to now? What game do, do, for our listening audience would you recommend that they go out and take a look at? Hmm. Since BGG Con, that's a good question. I'm trying to think of like the... We, we have those periodically at Rolling Dice and Taking Names. We have good questions. <laughs> So one of the uh, Euro games that I'm not usually a big Euro gamer, but uh, a game that came out after, actually even after I did my top 10 list of the, of, of the year came out recently that I reviewed is called the Grand Austria Hotel. Mm-hmm. And that one really took me by storm because I'm not a big Euro gamer, but man, that thing is just a, a beauty, a beautiful design. It's, it's, it's really blown me away. Uh, yeah, we, I heard you review over at the Dukes of Dice. Yeah, nice review. So. We did Isle of Sky. Have you played that one? Yes, and that's one of those that a lot of people liked, and I just didn't care for. Okay, and I don't know why it was the it was you know what it was the bidding. I, I didn't care for the whole bidding thing. Oh, um, I'm also not a huge Carcassonne fan, and it reminded me a lot of Carcassonne. Yeah, a little bit. It does. It's kind of like Carcassonne and. Castles of Mad Kid Ludwig streamlined. I think it's an elegant design and everything. It's just one of those didn't flip my boat. But everybody else at the table really liked it. So that's one of those that I don't necessarily always go with the crowd. And this is one of those times that I don't that that I didn't. I do have a, a question though. Is is as these games come out and you decide what you need to do? Do you feel like you've always got to do the newest first so you can try to get that out as fast as possible? Gosh, you guys are full of good questions tonight. This is good. So. As a reviewer, yes. I mean, the person that reviews it first, other than the Dice Tower, the next first person that reviews it first will, will typically get the, the most views because people want to see about it. Then once they've heard about it two or three times, you know, it kind of falls off. Dice Tower is almost always first because they have the bandwidth to be able to do it. They have the connections to get stuff before everybody else. And even if they're not first on a couple of things, they still blow everybody out of the water views-wise anyway. So I'm at, I'm at the point now where if something hot comes in and nobody else has reviewed it, yes, I would love to be the first one to review it. But at the same time, I'm not actively like that's not my focus because I realize that I'm never going to consistently be able to be the first one to do it just because of the things I just mentioned. So instead of always being the quickest, I would just rather try to focus on what I what I feel like where my skills lay in. And that's high quality, high energy and just keep it at that. Uh, do it as do it as quick as you can when it comes in, but don't be focusing on having to be the first one. It's great when it happens. Um, you know, like when Seven Wonders Duel came out, I was, I, I got to, I got the scoop on that one and that was really cool, but it's not something that's going to happen too, too often with me. Have you done a review of, I'm probably going to screw up its name, Nippon? No, I haven't. I haven't been able to get my hands on that one. I got to play that last week. That's a pretty good game. You like that one? Okay. I'll, I did. It's like a reverse, uh, worker placement 
star game. Right. And I, I was, the reason why I was wondering about Dan is because I will. I'll go out watch this review and say, hmm, has Dan talked about this one yet? Now, you mentioned that you're going to condense your intro and exits into your iTunes, uh, like a little mini podcast where I can hear your thoughts on it. Are you going to expand into the teaching of games as well? No. So I've been doing that, that podcast. Oh, oh gosh. So, all right. So hold on two things here. So the podcast aspect, I've been doing that since October. And so all the games that I've reviewed, those are done. And it's it's, like I was saying, it's just an intro and the outro. Expanding the podcast is one of the stretch goals that we could talk about later for the Kickstarter that I want to, you know, I can go down that road. Now, the other thing you were talking about was teaching games. I will not put those on the podcast because those are, those are things that I don't feel like translate well to audio. Uh, but I have been on the video side of things, been doing uh, what I've branded as rules school, rules school. So those are basically how to play videos of people so they can not have to learn from the book. And those kind of came about in a weird way where um, I was I was going to be doing a, a Kickstarter preview for a game uh, the last year. It was it was uh, Tesla versus Edison, the War of Currents. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. by the time. By the time he was able to send me the prototype, he had already long funded already. And he said, well, uh, how about this? I'll send you the final copy and you can kind of show off what it looks like and just teach people how to play instead. And I said, okay, that's fine. And so I did the first one and I was like, well, that's kind of cool. Let's, and, then, and then other publishers saw that and started asking me if I'd do it. And that's kind of how that happened. Those are, by the way, I've, ta- <laughs> I've talked to Rodney offline about this. And I said, those are by far, in a way, the absolute hardest things to do. To, 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 to be able to teach a game literally every rule, but in a streamlined way and in a way that makes sense because the flow that's really the best way to teach it is almost never the way that the rules are written. There's a lot more scripting involved and it's just, it's extremely hard, which is why nobody else really does it except Rodney. Those things are hard. But what I'm hearing is that now you're going to go into direct competition with Rodney Smith at Watch It Played. <laughs> I heard that too. So it's it's on. The gauntlet has been thrown down, Rodney. See, Look I, out. See, you I see what's going on here. You guys are trying. So I see what's going on. So I already beat you to the punch. I already had a conversation with Rodney. Him and I talked a couple. Oh, him and I man. talked. I actually called him up uh, about three weekends ago uh, and we talked. And that was one of the things I talked to him about because somebody saw one of my rule schools and they went, they, they tweeted, ooh, at the Game Boy Geek trying to take down that, watch it played as the rules guy. And I went, so I called Rodney up. I said, hey, let's talk about this. And uh, he's just you know, the most amazing guy in the world. But anyway, yeah, we had a good conversation. I said, look, just wanted you to know where I'm at with this. This is not something that I'm going to be focusing on. I am fo- I am a reviewer first. Uh, but when these opportunities come along, um, I, you know, I'm not going to pass them up. And I don't know. I think there should be a cage match at Gen Con. Oh, my gosh. Just saying. <laughs> Are you kidding? <laughs> a ladder match. That'd be sweet. A, a ladder match with, and, and then, okay, so it's it's a ladder match, and then it's a, a, a hair gel match, apparently, afterwards. Oh, yes. <laughs> It'd be like mud wrestling, Marty, because they'll be all slipping and sliding in the ring from all the gel. <laughs> okay, I... I think I think my spikes can take can take those curly cues out. I think they can do it. <laughs> I think they can too. We may have to put the flow B on Rodney just to sh- sharpen him up a little bit from that standpoint. Man, I'm I'm already seeing like you know the Pokemon from Super Bowl commercial coming on. You know Marty's on one side, he's out throwing out Dan, and I'm I got Rodney Smith on the other side. Let's go, oh, Pikachu! Gosh. I choose you. After watching those parody videos you guys made with the whole coming up to Gen Con last year with the. With the uh, you know Nirishima Hex thing, I can only imagine what you guys are dreaming up for this one. Yeah, we gotta get that ready for Origins too, Marty. We gotta get that going because it's you and me against Rodney and that other Chaz. Yeah, I know who it is. I'm just saying. Okay. <laughs> so Dan, 
you already mentioned this. So let's, let's just dive into it. You've got a Kickstarter out there to help promote your video channel. How hard was it to get that thing launched? I have a new found respect for anybody who even attempts to run a Kickstarter <laughs> page. I mean, this, I, I heard it was a lot of work. I thought it was going to be a lot of work. But even with knowing that, it was an understatement of the century. This, it was like a full-time job from like November-ish, December-ish till now, getting this thing ready, planning what we're going to do, uh, talking to the publishers, trying to figure out what we could do for, for, for interesting things, talking to some designers, going back and forth, doing designs, getting images, going back and forth, setting all the levels. Try, I mean, it was, it's nuts. It was so much work. I can't imagine to get those $200 levels where you're talking with the game designers. I mean, you one-time pledge, one person gets the shot at this and he can go to the 200. I know some of them are already gone and you launched this on February 15th. And then by the time this hits, who knows how many, I hope a lot of them are gone for you, buddy. That'd be awesome. Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, a few of them went. I think the Jimmy Stegmaier one went like like five minutes after it launched. It was crazy. Yeah, I noticed you had famous designers and you listed Steve, Steve Avery. I know that must have been a mistake, <laughs> but, you know, you could probably correct. <laughs> I'm kidding, Steve. I'm kidding. <laughs> Steve's hey, a good buddy. We, we like hey, I love Steve around. Avery. And he designed, you know, my favorite game, so I had to get him up on there. But that is awesome that they, they contributed like that. One of the big reasons, not only for trying to raise money to try to, I'm trying to make this a full-time job eventually. I don't know how long, how many years it will take me to get there, but this, I want this to be a, a, you know, an emphatic first step in that right direction. And so half of that is, yes, I'm trying to raise money so I can start doing things that I need to do and spend the time I need to, that I need to spend to get this channel where I, where I want to go. But the other half was, I mean, still daily at six months ago, you know, when it was after I left the dice tower, it was still just so hard to let people know that I'm on my own. So it's, it's been hard to get under that umbrella. So a lot of it was for that. And so, you know, I, I thought I wanted to do something different and I think getting those designers on there helped, helped do that. And it helped kind of give the page a lot, a lot of validity, uh, and a lot, a lot of punch that, that maybe myself couldn't give it. You know what I mean? And it must've been a lot of work too, just getting all those, uh, sweet promo cards that you have available. You have a lot of promo cards available out there. Yeah, it it was, I mean, between the two promo packs, there's 38 cards, uh, from, 12 different games, 11 different publishers. It was a lot of work. And those are the ones I got. Never mind the ones that I was talking to and maybe couldn't figure out something that would fit. You know, it's it's a, it's crazy amount of work. That's amazing. And you and you mentioned some of the reasons why you want to do it. You want it to grow and maybe eventually do it full time. But people may not know. Why did you even get started wanting to do video reviews? I mean, where where was that decision to go? You know what? I'm going to throw a, a video up on YouTube. I did it by accident. It was a real project for the first time. I had just learned how to do. I was learning how to do video stuff. I, I was I was in a band at the time, and I was trying to do. Uh, music and I was trying to be like well, I wanted to do some videos with the music so I, I went and bought a Mac and got Final Cut Pro bought the Apple certification manuals went through all the projects and I just needed a real project to like okay let me get the books away and now let me play now that I've learned how to use it and I didn't know what to do so I just looked at my wall and saw some games and thought let me do a couple reviews and throw them up online and I did and I filmed like 10 or 20 of them I, I threw them all up in like in one week and then I got a nice little email from my buddy Tom that I was a huge fan of at the time. So that's it. I kind of fell into it, if you will. So you didn't have a good buddy of yours come to you and say, Hey, I got an idea. And then three years later, you're still sitting down in front of a mic doing uh, <laughs> podcast videos. You didn't have that happen. This was all on your initiative. This was my own stupidity. Yes. <laughs> uh. 
I'm sorry. It was my stupidity, Tony. I've apologized many times over the past three years. No, you know I'm kidding with you. So, uh, so uh, okay, in all seriousness, yeah, so if I want to go out and back this Kickstarter, and this is a serious question for me, I'm out there looking, and I don't read, and we all know that if you listen because I can't do gang teaching at all. If I wanted to back you, but I want the police precinct promo, what level's that? So, well, oh, I know why you're saying. First of all, before we get to this, let me ask you a question. Hey, there's a flea market there. Let me bring three humongous 50, 49.9 pound bags of games to go sell there because these are the ones I reviewed that my wife wants me to get out of the house because they're from the floor to the ceiling. And I thought, okay, we'll do it. And then my buddy Greg and I were dragging these bags at four in the morning to the to, to the airport, dragging them through the hotel. And I'm like, I am never doing this again. So in all that mess, Tony asked me if I could put my police precinct in there. And I, I fit it in there for Tony. I give it to him, and this, and he still hasn't played it. No, and let me read the email <laughs> to to everybody, Dan. That is beyond generous that you would even offer me this game. Really, man, you don't have to do it. I appreciate the offer, but I know you'll be carrying additional stuff to the flea market. If you won't, just invite me to the private screening of the flea market. Dan's response, don't worry about it, dude. I got you covered, and I'm not doing that. I'm going to the flea market, and I'll talk to you then. See you later. Oh my, the fact that he has this email up right now is hilarious because I didn't – oh, my gosh. No, I don't have it up. I'm making this crap up, but that's generally how it went. It's, but anyway. It sounded, wow, <laughs> so it sounded, answer my freaking question. Okay. How do I get there? So what he's talking about is there's, a pro, there's an expansion called Crooked Lawyers, and in that pack is an event card that – that has my uh, me on a camera, my logo on a camera, where I, 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 I was setting up a camera and doing excessive force and stuff and spying on people or whatever. So that's in a in a I think it's like a nine card pack inside mm-hmm. a police precinct crooked uh, lawyers pack. Mm-hmm. That is the fifty dollar level that gets you, uh, tw- it gets you twenty three customized or exclusive cards and fifteen basic cards. So you're getting thirty eight cards at the fifty dollar level, and what and and about seven or eight of those in that police precinct pack it's called the game boy geekified promo pack because they're all specific to the 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 the, the, the campaign okay so i understand so I, you gotta be at that level but the lower levels will get you other you can do like one where you can just get one promo card you can yeah i think at twenty dollars you can get any one promo card but the crooked lawyers is excluded because you gotta you gotta break up a an entire pack for that. And how long is the Kickstarter running? 30 days. So by the time people hear this, it's probably going to be what two, just over two weeks left. Probably. Yeah. That's awesome. When is the date? The <laughs> Kickstarter is over. <laughs> I have a feeling you don't know when this is going up. <laughs> no, I know exactly when it's going up. We got to, we're in relative terms here. Cause he doesn't want to do the, he doesn't want to do the math. I see what's going on. Here. Um, it's going to go till March 13th, I believe. Thank you. It was such a simple question. I'm really dreading the Rankums coming up, Tony. I see it's going to be a rough one, too. If they have anything to do with Disney songs, I am in trouble. You guys are in trouble. What I don't get is I go out here and I'm I'm searching for Game Boy. Show me Game Boy on Kickstarter. And it comes up with this guy giving me the peace symbol with an old Game Boy. And I'm like, where is, where's my buddy Game Boy Geek Kickstarter? Why is this not coming up in the search? Explain this to me. You got to type geek. I, I just go. I, yeah, you do have to type geek, I believe, because that's part of the title. No, because you put a stupid space between game and boy. <laughs> that's because they're two different words. 
I understand they're two different words, but for the listening audience, they're going to be typing. What have we been? What has Nintendo beat into our freaking heads? That is one word. It's one it's word. Beat, it, this is what has beaten your heads. Did it? Did did it? Did do. Oh man, you're you're absolutely right on that. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. So go search Game Space Boy, which no, 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 the first one that comes. No, it's the first one that comes up when you do it. Game Space Boy, first thing that comes up on Kickstarter. Like you said, you you're actually doing very well for just now starting out, and like you said, it's going to end on March third. March 16th. Is it 16th? March 16th. I just now saw it. So so if you pledge at 20, do I get into the private Facebook page? Yeah, yeah. Oh, that that's worth it there. The way it's the way it's kind of tiered is uh anything that you pledge, you get pretty usually you'll get everything that's below it. There's some of them that are that are that are exclusive like the saxophone stuff is that's it. But most of all the ones that have physical rewards, you get pretty much everything like before it. So if you get the fifty dollar pack, you get everything from the twenty five dollar pack plus the, the the secret Facebook thing and all that stuff. All right, that sounds good. So, all right, since we had an epic and the most incredible failure of Rankum, time to redeem yourself, sir. Here's the deal: for those who don't remember, here's a little sample oh, of what happened the first time. <laughs> That Dan was on for Rankum. All right, here we go. Cubed, crushed, or shaved? What was the last one? Cubed, crushed, or shaved? What in the world? When did we walk into an abstract game? (laughs) (laughs) These aren't necessarily things about games. This is just... Yeah. Any any sort of thing. Obviously, Tony, he's never listened to our show before to hear all the other rankings we do with all the other guests. No, actually, I always listen to you guys until Suzanne comes on and then I turn it off. Oh, ah, just kidding. <laughs> Suzanne. So, uh, cubed, crushed, shaved. In that order. That's it. Mm-hmm. Cubed and, and why? Cubed, well, because that's, you know, anytime you're doing a power of something, that's engineering and geeky, right? So anytime you can cube something, that's, ooh, formulas, right? So that's that. Crushed is, I think of baseball highlight 2045 and crushing a home run. I'm thinking of baseball and sports, of things getting crushed and I have sports. And shaved? I don't know. I, I can't even grow a beard, so that's got to be last, right? Well, I was referring to ice, obviously. <laughs> Cubed, crushed, and shaved well, ice. Well, yeah, but it goes with drinks, right? Well, no, it's just about ice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You can see what kind of catastrophe that was, Dan. So we're going to try this one more time, okay? It was embarrassing. I've got the first one. Oh, for those who don't know how to play, let me explain it. I'm going to list three items, and you're going to rank them in the order of preference, from least to worst, favorite to worst, whatever. It's your choice, okay? But they're all tied together in a certain way, okay? They're just not random three words. They're tied together somehow. Are you with me so far, Dan? I'd be so much more with you if I saw these show notes before we got here. I have have a feeling I'm going down a black hole here. This is a... I'm seeing red flashing lights saying, stop, turn (laughs) around, because I totally feel like I'm being set up. (laughs) So here we go for the first one. We're going to keep this as simple as possible. It's chocolate, vanilla, 
strawberry. Now, before you answer, here's what I'm referring to. It's flavors. Don't turn it into something really weird or anything like that. It's just flavors. Maybe flavors of ice cream. It's not like a color. It's not like strawberry blonde or anything like that. It's flavors, Dan. You want me to go first? Yes. I want to make it easy. Okay. No more shaved ice or anything like that. It's pretty straightforward. That's so weird. Chocolate is, is number one. I am a chocoholic. I actually love chocolate. So chocolate's always going to be number one for me. Uh, strawberries two and vanilla's three. We're off to a good we're, start. We're, we're rolling, baby. Rolling. S- strawberry, vanilla, chocolate here. Um, it is going to be uh, vanilla, strawberry, chocolate. I'm just kind of a plain vanilla guy. So. Yes, you are. All right. All right. That's good. That's good. That was the easy one. So they're going to get a little bit tougher from here. Here we go. Roll uphill. Here we go. So Dan, in reference to something that's on your Kickstarter page, something that you enjoy doing, this Rankum should be right up your alley. Kenny G, Clarence Clemens, or David Bowie? Ooh, good one. I'm going to go Clarence Clemens, David Bowie, Kenny G. Let me tell you why. Can I can I elaborate a little bit? Yes, please. That's okay. part of the game. So so for, so so for, for for those of you that know, I, I play a saxophone, music producer. I play some of them in the, the videos and stuff. Here's the deal. You know when someone comes up to you, or you say to somebody, "Hey, I play board games." What's the first thing they say to you? They say, "What? Like Monopoly?" Okay. So when I tell someone I play saxophone, here they go. Like Kenny G. That is <laughs> that that. Okay. So Kenny G is to Monopoly. You get what I'm saying? So that's why he's last. I, I totally get you. I understand you. Marty? No, here's where I'm confused. David Boy plays the saxophone? Oh, yeah. Big time. I didn't know. I'm serious. I did not know this. Yeah, he's he's known for the sax. David Bowie is known for the sax? Check it out. I did some research here, brother. Dan, is this true? I, I don't know. I just I just know he died recently. So and and, and, and I like I liked I liked a lot of his stuff growing up, so and and Kenny G just had to be last by default, so he could have he could have said Marty in the second one. And I would have put you ahead of Kenny G, buddy. <laughs> okay, so I, I did not know this. Kenny G, I like Kenny G. Uh, David Boy plays sax. Where did he play the sax? On what did he play the sax? Listen, all I know is I typed in t- top ten saxophonists, and David Bowie popped up right on top. Uh, maybe because he was really? dead. Yes, I'm just telling you, but. Can we move forward? Oh my gosh, this is going down fast. I see flames in the engine. You know what? I'm loving this because it's going down in flames and now I'm the one laughing. (laughs) Yeah. All right. So I'm going to go David Bowie, Clarence Clemens, and like Dan, Kenny G is way, way down there because, oh my goodness, when he was big in, I guess, what, the 90s is when he was so huge and it was like Kenny G everything. There were like 16 Kenny G Christmas albums that every year, that's all people play was Kenny G Christmas stuff. I couldn't take it. Well, for me, uh, just Clarence Clemens, David Bowie, Kenny G, you know, you got the big man. You got to love that. You got to love Bruce looking over to him and he's just belting out the tunes there. So that was my rank em. I told you we were going to take it up a notch. So hang with us, Dan. Okay, here we go. Here we go. We're all three engineers. All right. Edison, Tesla, or Bell? Hmm. Interesting. Tony? I'm going to go with my man Tesla because without him, I'd have no job. Correct. And Edison... Because he was ruthless, and then Bell, I hate talking on the phone. Absolutely <laughs> hate it. Oh my gosh! It, it, I would put talking on the telephone below playing a game of Ultimate Werewolf. That's where it is. Wow, that's pretty low. Thank you. 
I'm going to go Bell, then Edison, then Tesla, because I think the communications that the telephone did, I mean, think of all the stuff that has been put on top of that. I mean, we wouldn't be doing what we're doing today, right? If it wasn't for the thought of, hey, let's talk through a, I mean, we're talking through a thing right now. This this is all leveraged on that, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Tesla, yep. I put Tesla last just because I think he's like one of those guys that everyone just goes gaga over and it's so ridiculous, you know, like... Now you got you got those crazy Tesla cars that everybody just wants to be. I think it's I think it's like too cool to like Tesla. So for that reason, I just have to put him last. It is cool to like Tesla, but I do put him first because of the stuff that he did. Because yes, he, uh, he was the one that uh, kind of determined uh, AC current, which is what we use today. That uh, Edison fought him over. Edison wasn't a nice guy. Growing up in school, you thought, oh, Edison's this really cool guy. And then you like learn history on how he really treated people and how he did so. Edison's my last and Bell's in the middle, but for the same reason, because without Bell, we got the microphones and everything going on and being able to communicate. So it's Tesla, uh, Bell, Edison for me. All right. So now we're going to cruise. We put the cruise control on. We're going to slow it down just a little bit. Real simple one. And Marty, you'll get to go first. Homer Simpson, George Jetson, Roger Foxtrot. Piece of cake for me. Roger Foxtrot. I think Foxtrot is one of the most funny comic strips ever. I hate that it went away. I uh, love that family. Uh, I just thought it was just hilarious. It was so spot on with pop and geek culture. Uh, right behind that, I will have to go probably George Jetson because I, I used to watch reruns of the Jetsons as a kid and w- with Homer uh, coming up in last. Dan? Homer's first. I mean, that dude is just the epitome of hol- like hilarity and dads. Like, There's a reason why that's been like the longest running TV show ever, I think, at least from the, from the animation studios. Homer's hilarious. I mean, he's number one. Uh, last is going to be Foxtrot. And in the middle is George Jetson. Cause I, I like all that futuristic stuff. That was always fun. I used to watch that a lot as a kid and Foxtrot's last just because nobody reads anymore. What, you don't check it out online and Sunday paper and that kind of stuff. No. Okay, fine. Um, for me, it's going to be Homer because he like epitomizes the poor guy. I mean, you always feel down for him. He's the underdog. So always pull for the underdog. Then Roger Foxtrot calls just having to deal with Jason and his family. You got, you got to feel sorry for the guy and George Jetson, you know, I think that futuristic family could have gone on without him. He was nothing more than he fed the dog. Okay. He's like most dads. That's kind of depressing. So anyway, that's it. We're done. See, it's pretty painless. You got through it. No problem. Really? There's no trick question. No, we, we weren't going to try to trip you up this time. There was enough trippy questions last time. We were wanting to come out of this with flying colors, and you've done well. <laughs> well, other than David Bowie plays the sax. Oh. Okay, I did not know that. And I'm a big David Bowie fan. I mean, I would, yeah. I'm, I'm going to have to look, do some research on that so myself. So once again, Rolling Dice, educating its listeners. That's <laughs> what we do here. Well, Dan, we so much appreciate you coming back onto the show. Um, We wish you the best of luck with your Kickstarter. Continue producing those incredible review videos. I I know when I'm looking for a game review, I always see if Dan's done a review for me. And more importantly, are you going to come back on the show since we treated you so nice? Whenever you want to have me, I'll come back. Of course. I love being here. Even though I fail at rank them. That's the last one you ever have to do. No more. No, actually, this one was kind of fun. When I actually know what the heck you're talking about, it's okay. <laughs> we aim to please here. What can I say? <laughs> wow, look at all these pictures of him live playing the saxophone. How did I, how did I miss oh this? Oh, my gosh.
I don't know how you missed it, dude. So. Oh, I'm sorry. We're, we're talking on Dan. Hey, Dan, what shows are you going to be at this year? We're going to uh, cross paths anywhere? Mm, uh, for big shows, I'm going to be at Gen Con and BGG Con. Okay. Well, I hate I'm going to miss you this year. I'm not going to make it to BGG Con, but um, <gasps> I know it's depressing, but that's okay. I'll wave at you. Are you going to be at Gen Con? No. So I'm not going to see you at all this year. Well, maybe. Maybe I can get out to the West Coast and find some reason to go to a power company out there. Well, you know, maybe if I knew somebody whose wife was a flight attendant who could get cheap tickets, I might be able to get out that way. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's true. You, you you could be able to like fly anywhere, no problem. You should be going to all the cons. Yeah, the problem is that means, yeah, if, if there's a seat available <laughs> and around the, oh. and around the summer, and around the summer months when the conventions are on is when, when the flights are all full. So it's, I've tried it before and it doesn't Around the convention season, it doesn't work out as well as you might think. So, Dan, if people want to find you, go watch your videos or listen to the uh, podcast of you or anything. Where can they find you? Simple as GameboyGeek.com. You look at the upper right, it'll have little blocks of everywhere you want to find me. Well, that's easy enough. Again, thanks so much for coming on, Dan. Good luck with your Kickstarter. And uh, we'll have you on again, hopefully, real soon. Maybe we can have you on again like before we did like on Gen Con, and we can hear what you're looking forward to and uh, maybe make that an annual thing. No, that would be awesome. I'd love to come back before Gen Con. And because you guys did not go to the University of Steve Bonacore Stronghold Games Shameless Plug University, I'll, pl- I'll plug mm-hmm. for you guys. So you guys listening, the, these guys are awesome. They have an awesome podcast and go support them on Pod Pledge. They have like the coolest shirt in the history of board game industries with the <laughs> squirrel. Uh, they've got a cool dice tower. They've got a lot of cool stuff there. Go to podpledge.com and check out Rolling Dice and Taking Names. Well, sweet. Now we don't have to do that at the end of the show. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks a lot, Dan. Marty, I don't know if you've noticed, but Ignacy has started up his Snapchat account over there. And if people, if you don't have Snapchat, well, Rolling Dice and Taking Names does, so be sure to go out there and find us. But on Portal Games, he has been releasing, Marty, demos, promos, whatever you want to call a 51st state for you to go view and look at. So guys, if you want to get some of the behind the scenes views of 51st state, be sure to check out Ignacy's new Snapchat account or go over there and take a look at his Periscope account and be sure to get your pre-orders in before he closes them out. That's Portal Games 51st State. I tell you what, Marty, as always, I'm glad you bring Dan on. He just elevates the energy in the room for us. Actually, I'm kind of sleepy. Oh, well, it's late because we have to account for the West Coast time differential. And- <laughs> oh, oh, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, we have to get on late since Stan's, you know, he has working, hardworking engineer over there. But yes, thanks so much uh, for Dan coming on. He, it's always a pleasure having him on. I think he does a great service for the community. Uh, his videos are top notch. I enjoy them. He, he does a great job with them. Oh, yeah. And I'm serious. When I'm looking for a review of a game, I actually skip how you play and just get to his points. You know, I always hit the big three, but Dan's Dan's included in that. So, well, that's pretty much all I got for tonight. So, guys, if you would, just keep rolling dice and taking names. Thanks for listening to RDTN. Follow us on Twitter at Dyson Names. Visit our website, RollDiceTakeNames.com. Subscribe to our YouTube channel, Roll Dice Take Names. Visit our BGG Guild. Like us on Facebook.
Marty, like me, I know you're out over at Fun Again website periodically. And have you noticed that every week they run a special on a board game? Well, yes, Tony, I have. Let's do that again. Well, yeah. <laughs> I was trying to be really campy about it. Oh, you achieved it. While he fixes that, I'm going to go pee real quick. Y'all chat. Did you have a shawl on your legs? He had a shawl on his legs. A shawl? Yeah, he had like a blanket over his legs, old man. <laughs> I walk in and all I see are Dan's legs. That is awesome. <laughs> it's been interesting while you were gone. <laughs> Chocolate, vanilla, strawberry. What I'm referring to isn't hair color or anything like that. It's flavors, Dan. It's flavors. It could be flavors of ice cream. I, I, I try to make it as simple as possible. Chocolate, vanilla, even your dog could get it. <laughs> For those just tuning in, Dan threw off his headphones and is chasing his dog around the room. That squeal is Dan getting his dog and telling him to shh, be quiet. Check out some of the games on his wall there, Marty. Poseidon's Kingdom. Formula D. Ugh, small world. Burn it. <laughs> Burn it. <laughs> Wow, Marty, I don't know if you've noticed, but Fun Again Game got a huge shipment of games in. They've just gotten Zombicide, Black Plague, which you really enjoy playing. They got the new expansion to Thunder Alley, the new track pack. And on top of that, they got a ton of the GMT War games in over there at Fun Again Games. 